When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. All footy clubs are back on deck as we count down to the start of the season. It will come around really quickly, and once the tennis is over, this whole city uh, goes back into AFL mode. One man that's already in that mode is from afl.com.au. His name is Josh Gabalich, and he joins us this morning. Morning, Gabbo, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jules. Great to be with you, and it's always good coming out to a club for a session in January and seeing umpires walk in with you. It means match simulation is part of the program, and that's what's just happened at St Kilda. So not a bad start to the summer out here at the, at the Saints. Yeah, I noticed the Bombers are doing the same thing uh, at the hangar, but what have you, what, what, what have you taken out of the Saints uh, match? Pra- has it happened, or is it about to happen? It's sort of halfway through. Okay, so what have you taken out of it so far? Well, obviously the big question mark at the moment is around Max King and how they replace Max King in the early stages of this season because he's going to leave a big hole in that first month. I hope he's back by about round five, by gather round. But in that early stage, what do they do? Because Tim Membry is really their only other season option there. They've brought in Zane Cordy, but they want to use him as a key defender. So they're looking at Matty Allison. They took him at pick 26 mm-hmm. only a couple of years ago. They haven't tried him yet at AFL level. And he's, he's had a really strong session today. I know it's only... Small sample size, but took two really big contested marks and kicked two goals. So he might be something that they look to explore across this preseason and heading into that early stage of the year. Mitch Owens is another one. He played a a little bit of footy last year under Brett Ratton. Mm. He's spent most of the preseason playing as a half forward. So I think it'll look a bit different, obviously, with no Max King. But walking into this morning and seeing Max King in a sling, running laps was just a reminder of how devastating that injury was in December. I think I saw yesterday on our 40 Winks temper text a suggestion that young Ollie Hotton's got an injury problem at the moment. Is that right? Yeah, he's going to be out for quite a while. He's got a stress yeah. structure in his back. So not good news for him. Zach Jones tweaked his calf over the break. So he's going to have a slow start to the new year. And Tom Campbell is the other one. He's got some Achilles soreness. And when you're north of 30, it's never a good sign. And, the concern with him is the Royal Marshall element because that's going to be a consideration for Ross Lyon as well. Do they use Royal Marshall in attack while Max King's not playing? Do they use Tom Campbell as a ruckman? He's been around for a long time, but if he's not going to get much of the preseason in, which it doesn't look like at this stage, he's confined to a bike inside today. It might just sort of pull that lever and, and make sure that Royal Marshall plays as a ruckman. He's absolutely dominated the match in today, so... I think they're going to use him as a ruckman going forward, but just another element with a few little injuries. But the positive on the injury front, Jules, is is Jack Billings and Jade Gresham, obviously two players that are highly rated at this club, and they've both had heaps of injury issues in the past. Billings only played the eight games last year, underwent back surgery in September, but he's back a little bit ahead of schedule, so he's done most of the session today, so they're wrapped to get him back. And Gresham's the other one. We think about his past Mm. three years. PCL reconstruction, Achilles rupture and stress fractures in his back dating back to 2020. He hasn't had a great run at it. So to see him out there in this first week of 2023 is a good sign for the Saints. I noticed you were at uh, Richmond yesterday. You did a piece on Richmond. You were at Collingwood as well with uh, Nat Edwards. I must say, when I saw the vision of Quinton Narkel at uh, 
He looked fantastic in terms of uh, fitness um, and, uh, look, in terms of giving himself every chance to get that SSP spot, he looks like he's doing everything right. Well, Jules, I was down there in mid-December and the difference in his body shape between mid-December and mid-Jan is is stark. I'm told he's stripped about eight kilos off his frame. He, He ran the second heat of the 2K yesterday and he started right at the back. He motored through the field, ended up finishing third in a really strong dive. So it just sort of shows his intent. I think he's gone away over the break and, and had a really strong patch across the last month away from the club. He knows this is really his last chance. He's, he's 25 now. It, it's it's down to him or Caelan Bradkey at Richmond. And it, just the intent, they're really impressed by the way he turned up yesterday. Day one of 2023 and made a really strong impression. After a little bit of a slow start, it has to be said, last year, but he's, he's looking really, really fit and ran a really strong time yesterday. So a big sign for him. He's only got a month, really, when you think mm-hmm. about the deadline for the SSP. Feb 15, it's almost a month earlier than what it's been previously. So it's a really short amount of time to make the most of the audition, but I think he made a really strong impression yesterday. Do you think he's got his nose in front in terms of that race for that spot? Well, he's got exposed form at AFL level when you think about Caelan Bradkey. He's a country football star. He played two games at VFL last year and and all he did last year was play in the Ovens and Murray League. He, he could be another Joe Richards. We saw Joe Richards draft out of the Ovens and Murray League, and, and that's where Bradkey played last year. He kicked nearly 40 goals for Corowa, but it's a big step up from the Ovens and Murray to the AFR. So I think right now, I think Quinton Narkel, I think a lot of people were surprised when he was delisted last year, especially with Joel Selwood retiring and a few other little issues around that midfield. I would have thought he might have got another year. So I, I think the way he's gone about his last month away from Richmond and come back yesterday was a really good sign. So... I think he'd be in front right now, but there's still a fair bit to play out. It looks like Tim Taranto. I mean, time trials, are, they don't mean that much at the end of the day, but uh, when you go to a new club, he you know, had a few injury issues. Uh, he couldn't have done much more in terms of turning up in the right shape and setting an example. We can't forget, Jules, that he had a lot of issues with his body last year. He had a pretty disappointing year in terms of his output. had that back injury that just sort of plagued him across the year and all the unknown around whether he was going to stay, whether he was going to go. And obviously, he went in the end. And to win both time trials either side of Christmas is a really strong start. He's one of the best runners at Greater Western Sydney. And he dethroned Camden McIntosh before Christmas. Camden didn't run yesterday, but he held off Hugo Ralph Smith, who actually was really impressive as well. Just held him off by less than a second. So I think Kim Taranto has had a pretty special start to life at Richmond. It's only early days, but a really strong start after a pretty tough 2022. Before I get to Collingwood, because you were there yesterday having a look at the pies and having a look at Dirt Nowitzki, who wandered down, um, you sat down with Liam Jones, obviously back at the Bulldogs a year out after playing some really good footy at, at Carlton. What, what did you take out of your chat with Liam? Well, Sarah Ollie and I spent some time with him for a series pre-Christmas. I know it came out today, but just really interested in, in him as a, as a person coming back to that football club, especially after 12 months away from the game. I think given he's, he's 32 in a minute, you, there have to be some concern around just so much time away. But he's he's made up a lot of ground across the last three or four months and just loves being back at the Western Bulldogs. It's a different looking football club given they're not really in the Noble too much at the moment with that redevelopment going on. But he, it was amazing to hear him talk about all the other people that are still at the club from the yeah. person handing out the car park passes to the trainer strapping his ankles, some of the familiar faces when he was there as a 17-year-old coming in for the first time. He hadn't been there for eight years, and some of them were still there. Only four players that are still on the list 
when he previous when he last played back in 2015, and obviously that was a year of widespread change at the club as well. So just interested to hear hear his sort of his attitude. He's just wrapped to get another opportunity. He didn't think he was going to get another chance when he made that decision to to walk away from Carlton and and not meet the the criteria around the, the vaccination mandate. So. I think he's going to be a really good get because it didn't cost much in, in the scheme of things as a unrestricted free agent. So I think he's a really good get along with Rory Lobb. It's been a Josh Gablich from afl.com.au. The Pies, some good signs there yesterday with some players that have that have had some off-season setbacks or off-season surgeries. And just with Collingwood, we know they've got some players coming in, you know, Mitchell and McStay and, and Bobby Hill. Any major positional changes you think we'll see with the Pies? Well, just on that, Jules, I mean, you think back to October, Collingwood were one of the big players in the trade period when they went and got those four players. I mean, you've got to include Billy Frampton in that yep. mix as well. And I think straight away you'd say McStay and Mitchell are automatic selections in the best 22. Where do Bobby Hill and Billy Frampton fit in that? Well, I, I spent a fair bit of time down at the club across December and, and I was there yesterday. And, and both Frampton and Hill are, are making a really strong case to be in the, in the mix for round one. And when you think about last year... I don't know if Collingwood really had the squad depth. I mean, you've only got to look at Callum Brown, who was an emergency in all three finals, mm. and he was delisted. I mean, Tyler Brown was an emergency in a final, and he was delisted. So I don't think they had quite the depth that they now have, especially with Frampton and, and Bobby Hill coming in. They're going to be breathing at the next of... When you think of Hill, I think Jack Ginnivan played a, a sensational year last year in year two, but Bobby Hill comes in, he's going to put a fair bit of pressure on Ginnivan and McCreary, those sort of types. Look at the other end with, with Frampton coming in. I mean, Nathan Murphy had a phenomenal second half of the year, but Frampton comes in, Charlie Dean is fit. There's a lot more pressure for spots than there was 12 months ago. So I think it's a good thing when you consider, I mean, how many of those wins came by such narrow margins? I think many people believe that it's going to be difficult for Collingwood to win 17 games again like they did last year. So pressure for spots is a good thing. And but Jordan Ngoi was the one yesterday, Jules. I mean, so much interest in him always. I mean, we look back at last year and this time last year, he wasn't welcome at the club just yet. He was still serving that club imposed suspension. He turned up in fantastic condition yesterday, coming off an arthroscope in December. Did most of the session, looked really polished and, and fit. So a really good sign to start the new year coming off that shoulder surgery. So a big positive, I think, for the Pies. couple before I let you go, Josh, just got one here off our 40 Winks uh, temper text. Uh, wants to ask you about uh, Cooper Sharman. How's his summer been and, and how does he fit into this forward line, particularly, I guess, with Max King not being there? Is that more opportunity? Different players, but is that more opportunity for Cooper Sharman? It's a good point, I reckon, Jules. And he... I've seen a little bit of him. He's shown quite a bit at AFL level. He doesn't train well. I think that's... If you come down and watch St Kilda quite often, he's not a fantastic trainer, but he's played some really good games at AFL level. So I think he's another option in attack. He played a little bit in defence as well under Brett Ratton last year. So I think he's another option in attack that they'll explore across the pre-season games and match him in this next month heading into round one. But I think he would be an option to sort of fill some of the void left by Max King. And just finally, uh, this SSP situation, you had the story earlier in the week. You mentioned Tyler Brown there. He's going to try his luck with Adelaide. Of course, Fisher Mackesy stepping aside opens up a a mix there. Where are we at with some of the SSP players around the competition? Well, Oleg Markov was the other one that's emerged this week, Jules. So he, obviously pretty well known, spent two years at the Gold Coast Sun, spent five years at Richmond. He's played 51 games. Bit of a surprise to be delisted in October, especially some people inside Collingwood were surprised that he was given the flick 
after only two years at Metricon Stadium. They see that he's just got a fair bit to give. He was he was watching on yesterday. There's a bit of a quirk in the system. Some of these FSP aren't eligible to start until next Monday. So he was on the <laughs> other side of the fence watching on from afar. But, I mean, Craig McRae and Justin Lepage spent five years with him at Richmond. I know they're both admirers of his work. He played under, under McRae in that VFL Premiership back in 2019. So he'll start on Monday. But as I said before, the 15 deadline is shorter, almost a month shorter than what it's been previously. So it's not a great deal of time for someone like him and someone like Tyler Brown, who's heading across to South Australia this week and will start on Monday at the Crows. It's not a heap of time, but I think there's there's a fair bit of interest in, in both those players. It's a good sign that they're coming in at this time. They wouldn't be bringing them in if they weren't mm. going to have a really good look at both of them. And Adelaide had, had shown a fair bit of interest in Tyler Brown after he was delisted. They considered him during the DFA window. They considered him during the rookie draft. They just ran out of spots on their list. So the Fisher-McAsee decision at the start of the week, which didn't come as any surprise to the Crows, yep. has opened up that spot. So there's still a bit to play out. I think both clubs aren't set in stone that they'll use an SSP spot. They might keep a spot open for the mid-season rookie draft. But I'd say right now that the Tyler Brown and Oleg Markov are in a good position to, to earn a lifeline. Josh, uh, thanks so much for your time today. Have a good weekend, mate. And I'm sure we'll touch base again uh, next week. Sounds good, Jules. Chat to you soon. You can read Josh's work on afl.com.au. Let's get our last breakaway. Dwayne Russell, not too far away. Dwayne's world. This is the Captain's Run for State Transport. Our people are your solution.